Many people are understandably wary of defining the force for fear of being wrong and mocked for being so. Here at the Jedi Library, we're still naive enough to try and define it, loosely at least. What is the force? Welcome back to the Jedi Library. As we concluded at the end of the introduction to the library, there is a huge amount of material to go through, to assimilate, to precipitate into a comprehensive vision of the Force. Inevitably, this vision will be a model of the Force, not the Force itself. We must never confuse the map with the terrain or the menu with the meal. As Lao Tzu states at the start of the Tao Te Ching, and I'm paraphrasing here, the force that can be spoken is not the force itself. Our mission then is to build a conceptual or metaphysical model that maps onto the experience of the universe so well that it encapsulates all manifestation, all consciousness, and our subjective lived experience. To this end, we should be open to all sources of information, including, but not limited to, scientific inquiry, academic research, particularly in the fields of philosophy and psychology, the truth embedded in myths old and new, intuition, feelings, and our embodied biological responses. We should be open to all sources of potential information and not too judgmental on their origin. Latest scientific research? Great. Ancient text? Fantastic. Religious revelation? Interesting. Personal intuition. Nice. In doing so, we should make use of logic, intellect, and some sort of ethical framework informed with compassion and consistency. It probably makes sense to sketch our model first, and once we have something that fits quite well, we can go back and draw in more detail. Even then, where should we start? It seems rather daunting. There is no perfect starting point, and our options are almost limitless, as limitless as time and space at least. So perhaps let's start with time and space, as most of us have been taught to conceptualise it by modern science. The materialist, physicalist, scientific story goes something like this. 13.8 billion years ago, the universe as we know it was born in an event akin to a giant explosion of pure energy. In this event, time and space were created. We'll skip an awful lot of the detail here, but over time, some of that energy condensed into matter, mostly hydrogen, a little bit of helium, and a trace of lithium. And some escape the confines of matter as radiation. Indeed, we detect this first radiation as the cosmic microwave background today. Under the influence of gravity, clumps of matter began to coalesce and collapse into the first galaxies and stars. And across generations of stars, their furnaces fused the lightest of chemical elements into the full periodic table that we know today. With this wider range of chemical possibilities, complex molecules formed and began to reproduce and metabolise. Life emerged. Over billions of years, the complexified formed living cells. Later still, cells began to work in concert, symbiotically. Multicellular life evolved to form nervous systems and eventually brains, 
At some point, organisms became self-aware, conscious, tool-making and language developed. Lastly, you and I find ourselves here today, communicating using sophisticated technology and using complex language. So goes the story. We'll have plenty of time in the future to discuss whether this story makes sense, whether it is internally consistent, and whether it approximates what actually happened. For the time being, let's assume the story just told is our starting point and analyze it. Let's start at the beginning and see where we get to. The key concept we will use for now is potential. Potential is gonna do a lot of heavy lifting for us here as it does in pure physics with, for instance, gravitational potential energy. So it's important to ask the question, what is potential? What does the word mean? It is simply having or showing the capacity to develop into something in the future. We can say with some confidence then that the Big Bang must have emerged from a field of potential. Whatever existed prior to that hypothesized event must have contained the potential for that event to occur. Whether there have been multiple Big Bangs or just one, many universes or just ours, whether they are infinite in size or limited, eternal or temporally constrained, are all fascinating lines of research to pursue, but do not affect the logic that everything and anything must unfold from the potential for that emergence. Indeed, potential is the underlying source of a concept we will have cause to investigate in great detail as we delve deeper, that of non-duality. Some might ask at this point, why could the universe not have emerged from multiple fields of potential? Well, it's possible to look at our model that way, but those hypothesized fields must share some commonality in order to interact with each other. Sooner or later, it becomes necessary to accept that the most fundamental concept is one ultimate field of potential. Notice there is no need to invoke infinite regress here. It's not turtles all the way down. An ultimate field of potential does not emerge from something else. Quite simply, the force can be conceptualized as that ultimate potential. The potential for creation, for energy, for matter, for structure, for the laws of physics, for evolution, for intelligence, and for consciousness. You may still be harboring some reluctance to naming this potential as the force. That's okay. But using that moniker to describe the most fundamental of ideas isn't as crazy as it may sound. The English word potential comes from the Latin word potentia, meaning power, and is also the source of the English word potent, to have great power, influence or effect, a force. Potentiality is the greatest force in and beyond the universe. Potentiality was the source of the universe. It has driven the universe's development and evolution. Calling this ultimate potential the force perhaps begins to make some sense. Hopefully the definition of the force given in previous episodes also begins to make more sense now. We define it as the source of the four fundamental forces. Matter, consciousness, psychology, spirit, all manifestation and representation. Going further now, we can begin to assign some attributes to what we now conceptually understand of the force. It is omnipotent, all-powerful. It is the transcendent. It exists in and beyond the universe. It is imminent, pervading, 
and sustaining the universe. It is ubiquitous, existing everywhere and omnipresent, present everywhere at the same time. Now these are attributes of what we have called and what many still call God, Brahman, Yahweh or Allah. It is the divine, the most sacred, the all-powerful or the Tao. Irrespective of what name we give it and which aspects we highlight, it has been the object of all religion, the subject of all myth, and the ultimate question driving all fundamental scientific inquiry. Furthermore, despite our habitual blindness, we are ultimately made of, immersed in, created by, motivated by this field of potential and its fruits. We descend directly through an unbroken line of evolution, as does everyone and everything else, from this source potential. Now, many have said as much, the cosmos is within us. We are made of star stuff. We are a way for the universe to know itself. A human being is part of a whole, called by us the universe, a part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts, his feelings as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of consciousness. The kingdom of God is within you. God is the outward and the inward. All the gods, all the heavens, all the hells are within you. Allah is closer to us than our own jugular vein. Do not feel lonely. The entire universe is inside you. Now logic would suggest that when you have multiple lines of evidence from different sources, at different times, in different places, pointing to the same conclusion, we might begin to take a risk and accept the idea, if not as fact, then at least as something worth investigating further. The idea pointed at by science and by Christian, Jewish and Islamic theology, amongst many others, is that we are of the ultimate source potential. In our language, we are of the force. The force is not something we have to hunt for. It is here right now. It is us and we are it. As we discussed in the What is a Jedi video, this is the insight first obtained by what many call the mystic. To the extent we can't sense or feel the force, we're like fish who don't notice the water in which they swim. So that, if you like, is a little bit of a theory. But what is the process? How might we experience the force firsthand? After all, we don't wish to rely on faith or belief here when direct experience is the first name of the game. We'll investigate the means by which we encourage the experience of this revelation once we get into the twin subjects of meditation and flow states. But there is a habit you can begin to develop where possible. When you're calm, at peace, begin to see through the veil of appearances to the underlying, fundamental, ultimate source of everything we can sense. Specifically, that ultimate field of potential from which emerged and from which emerges everything we experience. Everything, every person, every animal, every thought, every emotion, every feeling. So there concludes part one of what will be an ongoing series concerning this innocent sounding question of what is the force? Inevitably, we will seek many perspectives here. 
to build as comprehensive an answer as possible. I'll add links to further videos as they're published. If you have questions or suggestions, do let me know in the comments and please do hit the like button and subscribe. Until the next time, may the force be with you, always.